Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Overtime, which is our weekly podcast where we get to do a little bit deeper dive into the message. Uh, today's color is brought to you by, or today's uh, message is brought to you by the color blue. I really jacked that one up. But not the letter Q. Not the letter Q, the, the, the color blue. But anyway, we are so glad that you're here. That was a little Sesame Street joke that didn't go so well. Uh, but we do want to let you know two things. As kind of always, we try and give you a couple quick announcements before we jump into kind of the recap of the message. Um, is The two things are, is number one, we've got some brand new cow classes that are starting tomorrow. Uh, if you're watching this live, it is January 12th. January 13th, we have got some brand new cow classes, which stands for Connect on Wednesday or Connect Online Wednesday. Some virtual classes that we're starting tomorrow, we're pretty excited for. If you are interested in hearing about those, being a part of those, you can email Gary at clcfamily.church and he'll be able to give you a list of the, the classes that are starting. I'll give you access to how that works and, and what that looks like. Um, so we're pretty excited for that. The other thing that we want to mention really quick is that the Big Yellow Mug is open. So we had to close as, you know, many stores in the state. And they got a pretty did. manager too. Uh, his wife is the manager of the Big Yellow Mug. My so kids are here he every day. Well, not every day. It's much fun. It, Come on, visit. It is, it is a fun experience. So yeah. we would encourage you to bring a mask. If you're looking for a place to maybe meet um, that's socially responsible, you can be socially distant. We ask that you would wear a mask as you're coming in, as you're walking about the building. But once you get your drink and or your food, you can make your way to a table, remove that mask. Most restaurants are kind of following and adhering to the same that's rules. Right. So You can be socially responsible. You can be yep. socially distant. And you can be socially awkward and join me. <laughs> All that. at the same yep. time. So if you would love to be a part of that, we would love to see you here to help uh, continue with the mug. So we are open. Want to let you know we're 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. Monday through Friday, and then on Sundays we're open as well, and that's from about 8.30 till about 10.30. So that is kind of all the announcements that we have for this week. Again, thank you so much for joining us. What we hope is that this is encouraging and challenging in your faith as we dived into a brand new series this week. It's We're kind of returning back after a one-week break. We're returning back to the book of Luke, but we started a brand new series called Happy Strife. Happy life. So do you want to kind of bring us up to speed of what we talked about? Yes, yes, yes. Very fun series. Got three more weeks. I mean, I literally was working on some material yesterday and I was like giddy about it. It's like, this <laughs> stuff is so good. Jesus, you're so brilliant. So worth your time. And so kind of the reason we're doing the series, happy strife. Strife just means conflict and lack of peace. And, you know, uh, this awareness that something's just off. Like, uh, the word shalom in the Old Testament means, you know, peace or completeness. It's like, ah, there's something about being incomplete. And one of the neat things about strife and incompleteness is it sure shows a longing for something that's different than where you are. And what's yeah. really, really neat about this is it's actually in those moments, which we're in right now, right? You're in it. Our nation's in it. It's in those moments where we actually find real blessedness, which is uh, what we hear in, in Matthew chapter 5 and Luke chapter 6. These announcements from Jesus is that blessed are certain types of people. And that word blessed is just another word for happy, right? And so you can be happy and get this. You actually can be happy in the middle of your strife. So the big idea of the whole sermon series is to get there, the place that you want to be, you have to leave here. I mean, it's so intuitive and simple to get there. You got to leave here. But here's the problem, which is really the second part of the big idea. In order to get where you want to go, you have to leave where you want to stay. And that's the beauty of strife. Guess what? When you have strife, you no longer want to stay there. So, 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 strife and pain and sorrow and sadness. We can't see them as just this terrible thing in our life. What we should see them as is a blessing, a blessing 
in disguise, mm-hmm. right? And the reason it's the blessing in disguise, not that it's a blessing, but it literally is the doorway by which you access the blessings that God mm-hmm. uh, wants from you. So uh, strife and pain and sorrow are a part of our life, and maybe we can view it for, in a, through a different set of lenses, and we should be able to view it that way based on Jesus' teaching. So he's finally, 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 in Gospel of Luke, Luke's finally going to explain to us Jesus' big message, Jesus' big plan. So finally we get... It's called the Sermon on the Plains, and Jesus starts with explaining that there are basically uh, two different options for us. There's two different uh, destinations. One is a destination filled with blessings, and one is a destination filled with woes. So Jesus is going to reductionistically basically say, you want to really, really have a good and happy life. There's a way to succeed in that. And the way that you succeed in that is actually exactly the opposite of what you thought it is. And if you want to have a really condemned and painful life, there's a way to do that. And what's crazy is that the way by which you do that is the exact opposite of what you think it would be. So what we see in this passage, and we'll see over the next several weeks, is that the, the whole plan of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, which Jesus talked about, is literally the inverse or flipped upside down based on the kingdom you know, and regime we currently live in, the kingdom mm-hmm. of earth, the kingdom of Josh, the kingdom of America, the kingdom of whatever those kingdoms are, the kingdoms that are not the kingdom of God. And so... That's what we're investigating. There's 90 plus times that Jesus refers to either the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven in the gospels. And so we're going to learn a lot about what it looks like to live in that kingdom and how to be happy. In yeah. It. So. so as you kind of started the message, I feel like it's uh, no coincidence. God is good and faithful all the time. Like it, it was a pretty crazy start, right? As we look politically and kind of what happened last week, specifically last Wednesday, like this is a pretty chaotic start to 2020 with some you know, 21, yeah. 2021. Yeah, I yeah. can't even remember. I thought someone said it's like it's like December 40th of 2020. Yeah, right. right. That's yeah. what it feels like. So I want, I want it, my, you know, you did the trial and you're like, I gave, gave the credit card number. You took the trial. Yeah. 21. You're like, right. can I, I'm going to cancel that trial run. So as as we jumped into it, like and then kind of, I guess, a backdrop is this. Uh, I don't <laughs> there's a lot of different words that you could use, but basically this protest that is in the capital that became more than a protest yeah. right insurrection you can use that word yeah you can so use whatever i mean again you're allowed to have your feelings about it just can't tell someone else what feelings right you have about right it. so as that is a backdrop one of the things that you said as you started was that kind of the big idea is that in the middle of the chaos like the chaos that we're in right now you weren't talking just politically but that plays a part of it um is that in these times that are painful and difficult times that this is a great place to find happiness. Yeah. What a great time to be alive. <laughs> That's what you said. And it's I, so true. What a I, great time. Like how yeah. gracious is the Lord that he allows us to be alive at such a time as right yeah. now where the boundaries are so clear in terms of where the terrible, horrible, uncomfortable kingdom is and where the kingdom of heaven is. And yeah. there's just a time that we get to walk through that doorway. What a I, great time to be alive. I feel like my question in that yeah. becomes, because as, I, as you're listening to the message, maybe that, catches somebody off guard. Maybe they're not quite in the same place that you are. Like, how do you arrive to that for you? Like, did you process through, like, as you, again, using this as a backdrop, like as you process through, I feel like my first thought is not, man, this is great. It maybe should be or can be, but I'm not sure if it is right away. So how do we get to that? Is that through the study of this, these passages that helps you land there? You know, it's interesting. Uh, Well, What's interesting about it is, yes, the scriptures are really helpful, but the way by which you understand the scriptures is, uh, you know, I, we talk about exposition, expository teaching, but the re- reality is the way that you start to understand the scriptures is not expository, it's experiential, right? Yeah, right. And so, like, I think experience, now what we're seeing here is like, this is just the truth always. Now we're just going, oh, there's some words yeah. to what I've experienced forever. And so, 
I think I have been investigating and considering pain for a long time. And okay. in 2020 <laughs> was a painful year for lots of us. Painful for my family. Painful for me. Yeah. Like in so many different ways. Like in like dishonest ways and slander. Just so much stuff that just was really painful. And so, you know, back first quarter, second quarter of 2020, I really, really started investigating pain. Right. Mm. And that's why you hear me talk about it. Like. Every time you cry, right? That that's so significant. When those tears run down your cheek, it is your body, which your body never lies, by the way. It's your body revealing to you that there is something just off, something that's not right. And so there's just something beautiful about pain and sorrow in that it gives us some real awareness that something is not the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. Like, why do I why would I feel sad that someone dies? Why does it matter? Why yeah. do I feel sad if someone, you know, uh, tells lies about me? Why do I feel sad if there's a broken why does it really matter unless like there's an actual feeling and less, less, less what I now intuitively know in my brain that my body's telling me now I'm connected on this, that there is something wrong with the mm. current scenario. So why do you care that 2020 is filled with heartache and lockdowns and lack of freedom and lack of certainty and comfort? Why? Why? Because, because something that is telling you that there is a longing yeah. that you have for that is that is not being fulfilled in your yeah. current scenario. So what's so broken about this, and I, I would see why the enemy would want us to do that. We live in a world, in an environment, and in our own kingdoms where kind of our number one objective is to avoid pain at all costs. And it's like, oh, but if we avoid pain at all costs, we're never really going to come to the conclusion that something's wrong with Mm. our current world. Mm. So I just kind of been doing a deep dive on, okay, okay, what's the purpose of pain and suffering? Because we all experience it. And so if God really is a perfect steward and doesn't waste that, what could he be doing? And then you get to these passages and you hear these weird things that God is not celebrating pain. But he is making some real bold declarations about those people that are in pain. And the bold declarations he is making are really filled with joy and hope. And yeah. it just seems, it seems so juxtaposed, so like uniquely different. That how in the world could this lead to this? And yeah. so I think it's this experience, right? And I, then I go back and look at all my adult life, 39 years old, and go, boy, I can kind of, you could too. You could take your timeline and just go and circle all the really painful moments yeah. in your life and then just look i don't know weeks or months or years later and look at that experience and what i know is every hard painful experience always led me to a better place literally it's pain the pain in relationships that have eventually led me to have a beautiful bride it's the pain of moving to a new community leaving everything you know to start a new church that led me to getting to adopt a beautiful daughter, right? And mm. so it was in those that pain and sorrow that just seems to be real blessing on the other side of it. And now all of a sudden we have some passages going, well, of course it does, because yeah. Jesus actually promised this. So I think it's more uh, the experience, reading the scriptures and going, oh, that explains the experience. Yeah, so. I, I felt like as we dive into it, you did something a little bit different. Like what you normally do yeah. is you'll, you'll kind of take a passage, you'll break it down, like yeah. we'll read through it and then go through it. But this time you did it differently where yeah. you read the entire passage. It was uh, Luke 6, 17 through 26, as long as I, I've got that right. Um, read through it. And then we yeah. did kind of circle back and, and yeah. kind of read through that. But uh, you had said this in the message that basically at first glance, this is a really kind of confusing passage because it's like if you're poor, if you're hungry, if you're slandered, then you're blessed. Yeah. But if you're rich, then eh, kind of stinks to be you. Like, So as we walk through that, I guess the, the initial question when we look at this is how is this useful 
Or how is yeah. this beneficial to us as believers? Like, uh, what do we do with this? Well, I think that's why you have to handle these scriptures well, right? Yeah. And so, like, I mean, someone, a pastor will read this and they'll say, quote Mother Teresa and go, Mother Teresa actually says the richest people in the world are the poorest people in the world. The poorest people in the world are the richest. Yeah. So go be poor. And it's like, yeah. by the way, the way you're right. poor is you give up the church your money so that we can be rich. Like, right. Like, right. So not that, not that all pastors do that. But there's just, I mean, it, the scripture can be really, yeah. really mishandled. Yeah. And where it usually leads to a, a, a level of mishandling is actually an understanding of the resurrection and the kingdom yeah. of heaven, right? Because we imagine kingdom of earth, kingdom of heaven, they are two different timelines, right? You, The way you get the kingdom of heaven is you leave the kingdom of earth, so you die, your body goes there, and now all of a sudden one day it'll be good. And there's just like this mishandling of the scripture saying that one day you can eventually get there. And But the reality is in Matthew chapter 3, John the Baptist, Jesus in different times say, repent for the kingdom of God is near, meaning it's at hand, it's so close. And yeah. so some of this is going, no, this isn't about some preferred future in the future. So if I suffer now, I get good things later. There's something about being able to experience this now. And many of you know this. And I haven't had the great privilege of walking with some of you through some really terrible times. Yeah. But you amaze me because it's actually in the middle of those that suffering and that pain that so much joy and peace that that you offer the people. Like I, I literally have sat with people who have been ministers in the middle of their, you know, what what felt like terminal illness in a hospital where they are serving and caring for and offering grace and mercy and peace to the to the healthcare professionals. And so many of us know that it's not sometimes in the middle of these this great pain, there's still this unusual peace that's available. And so this can't be that it's something way out in the future, and yet pastors go, you know, you pray the prayer, and one day, yeah, it stinks now, just, you know, suffer. One day yeah. it'll be fixed. It all gets fixed in eternity. But I think what Jesus is kind of presenting here is, no, 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 there is a way by which you can be in the middle of the kingdom right now, and the ones who can be in the middle of the kingdom are the ones who are having these experiences. So you go, okay, if that's the case, how do... How do we leverage these experiences? Not get after those experiences, but what is it in these experiences that God could be doing? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why I think you go to this passage with a lot of curiosity yeah. and not a lot of judgment or uh, prejudice, like yeah. prejudging. Oh, I know what this passage means. Yeah, I know, I know, I know the, the poor people or whatever. And so right. many of you have read the scriptures and go, I don't, well, I don't know what that means. I'll just keep moving. Yeah. Instead of going, what is in the world is Jesus talking about? Yeah. And so once you go, well, what is he trying to say? Then you, you look at the backdrop of who he's saying it to. Yeah. And when he's saying it to a group of people who were all outsiders. Yeah. So the reality is, is Jesus is actually talking uh, to the people who really are already experiencing these things. Mm. And he is making a promise to them that even in the yeah. middle of that pain, there's something available to them. And that was... That was honey to their lips, yeah, right? Because yeah. they are going, okay, this guy's talking my language because I don't know how to get out of all this pain and all this suffering. And you're telling me I can experience something right now. I want that. So I think you have to come into this and not as a, with arrogance or prejudice, but go, okay, good Lord, what what could you be saying here? And yeah. if you start looking at it that way, you still go, okay. Uh, so much of the scriptures are, you know, comparison and contrast. Yeah. Blessings and woes. Okay. And the two types of people, oh, the ones that have this experience, they get blessings. The ones that have this yeah. kind of experience, they get woes. And so intuitively, what is he trying to communicate to us? And I think that's where we yeah. have to go, okay, let's just work through it and see. Because at first glance, it's really, really confusing. Yeah. So one of the things that I want to get to, in fact, somebody uh, who is listening um, or regularly listens part of the message uh, asked a question kind of concerning this. But you had talked about 
Um, I think most of us know what a prosperity gospel is, right? Yeah. Like follow God and things will be perfect, but yeah. Pray the puppies prayer, and rainbows, you'll get, like, the, you'll get yeah. the new car. But then you talked about kind of the the opposite of that, where you can go into a poverty gospel, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And and these verses tend to kind of back up what would probably be a poverty gospel. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, I mean, there's thoughts like pastors that go, we can't give our kids goldfish yeah. at church because kids in the third world country, they don't get goldfish right. at church. Or, right. So it's like, oh, is that really what it says? And so like the problem with the poverty gospel, yeah. so I think Driscoll once using an illustration of stolen use all the time, it's like, if I give my kid who I adore a new bike, yeah. I don't want to look at it and go, well, other kids don't have bikes. I can't ride a bike either. I guess we should give it away. Right. And it's like, no, if I give my kid a bike, it's because I want him to enjoy the yeah. bike. It's really that simple because I want him to enjoy the gift that his father yeah. gave him. And so, but this passage goes, well, man, it, it sure seems like yeah. God is implying that I should be poor. So should I be poor? Yeah. Yeah. So, so the question asked is this, um, it says, your teaching made me ask myself, are security and comfort important goals or should I reevaluate them and rebalance them? And now that's kind of part of the, the very bottom of what we get into, like what you were talked about. Like I hope to get to this. You talk about security, comfort, and identity. That's really what Jesus is identifying. So this question says, security and comfort, are they important goals or should I reevaluate and rebalance them? So my question to CLC Overtime is this. Should we seek more pain, suffering, poverty, and fear as a way to move closer to God? That's a great question. Yeah. Okay, if, if pain, which is what I said, pain is the doorway to blessing, does that mean I need to get after all the pain? No, I don't. I don't think that's what it's saying. I don't think God is telling you to go suffer, right? Go yeah. go sell the bike. Don't eat the goldfish. I don't, yeah. I don't. I don't think it's that. But what I do think it is is going. I don't. Well, I don't think you should seek it. You certainly shouldn't avoid it. Yeah. Right. Like so. It's here's what's so interesting. I mean, like Jesus. You know, like in this, I kind of referenced this passage in Matthew chapter six, which is Sermon on the Mount. Similar, similar. You know, big ideas yeah. and. uh he says, don't be anxious about anything. Don't worry about tomorrow. He actually says, for today has enough worries of its own, right? right don't be anxious because right. today has enough worries of its own. So the reality is you really don't have to go looking for pain <laughs> or sorrow. It's there. I just would say yeah. you can't allow your religion to be, oh, that's pain, sorrow. I have to avoid it. I have yeah. to escape it. I have to numb myself to it, which is, that is our critical response. Either we try to tell us it's not real or we escape it. Yeah. Either by going to find something else that will give us pleasure or taking something that will numb us, right? And mm. so I'd, I'd say, please, please, please don't see pain in your initial reaction, which it is for all of us, is just to try to avoid it. So do you seek it? No, just don't avoid it. No. When you ask for security and comfort, important goals, this might, this might be a little bit more pointed. Um, no, those aren't important goals because they're lies. Mm. So the reality about uh, mm. security and comfort is they're all an illusion. Mm. There is... Like, I think what you're asking, or what I would ask in that, and that's a fair one, is, well, whose security are you seeking and whose comfort are you seeking? If you're seeking security and comfort that you can attain and create, it's just a lie, right? The sooner you can come to the conclusion that comfort, I mean, control is an illusion, right? I'm not really in control. And even if I think I'm in control, most minutes I finally go, ha I'm in control, hmm. kind of is where things seem to be pretty chaotic. I mean, Jesus literally <laughs> tells a, a, a parable and he goes, there's this guy who gathered all sorts of stuff and put it all in barns and he gathered more and put it in barns and he had stuff and he said, finally, and this, I can eat and drink and be merry. Finally, I can relax because I have all the security and comfort in the world. And he goes, you fool, for this very life, you're, this very night, your life's going to be taken from you. And it's like this idea that somehow we can find hope in that. And so I think what 
where, where we see that passage, Jesus kind of offers up, and, and again, in Matthew 6 and 7, same thing. He then tells us, don't store up your treasures where moths and rust can destroy, but store up your treasure, or worm, depending on how that's translated. Uh, but store up your treasure in heaven where those things can't destroy. So what we think about then is, okay, well, I need to put my security in heaven. But that doesn't mean like you are banking all your time for one day in the future. It means yeah. when you think about security and comfort, what hopefully happens, you go, how do I best find my security comfort in Jesus? <laughs> and guess what? Where that's going to rise up the most is actually in moments where you have come to the conclusion that you actually aren't secure mm-hmm. and you aren't comfortable by yourself. And so it's actually pain that leads you there. Now, once you get that and understand that, then the next step is going, okay, now how do I, a new goal for me is how do I actually store up treasures in heaven? Mm-hmm. That means how do I take the resources he's given me, parable of the talents, right? Not why is he not giving me what he hasn't given me, but why is he giving me what he's given me? Now I take the resources that he's given me and I go, well, how does this help me and my family and my church and my community and my world live into the reality that the kingdom of heaven is near. So now all of a sudden your new goals are how to, if maybe you want to raise more money, maybe you want to work more, maybe you want to invest better, but it isn't because it gives you comfort and security about your future. It's so that you can be a better steward of those things now. Like I have people that go, well, here's the deal. I'm older than my wife by a decade. So I hear this and I think, well, if I want to store up treasures on earth or in heaven instead of earth, does that mean I need to use it all now? And it's like, well, Part of this is being a good steward and realizing this isn't just about, you know, present ministry. It's about future ministry, right? So much is about future future (coughs) ministry. So maybe it makes sense that you have life insurance. Maybe it makes sense that you put some money away so that you can have future funded ministry as well. So it's more about thinking, how do I continue to live in the kingdom now, but then count the cost of what it's going to be required of me to live in that in the future. So goals of security. Mm. No, goals of comfort, no. But goals of how do I leverage what God's given me to do ministry in the kingdom of heaven? Mm. Maybe you're still putting money into savings account. Maybe you're still refinancing your house. Maybe you're taking a new job, but you're viewing it through the lens of how do I best steward my time and resources for the kingdom of heaven and no longer the kingdom of earth that can be destroyed. So this uh, viewer asked another question, and there's a little bit more to this that we just don't fully have time to get all into. Uh, you need to take that. No, I just accidentally <laughs> hit the wrong button. Sorry about that. Uh, so the, the the last question kind of in this, uh, and if you're listening or watching or, you know, you listen yeah. to this podcast later and you want any follow-up questions, by all means, please contact us. Or if you are just listening and you have a question for us at any point regarding the subject matter, or if it's not, you can email us at overtime at clcfamily.church. You can text us at 610-869-2140. We love when you, the listeners, kind of help model what, or you kind of help dictate what we actually talk through. So we love when there's questions. So the the other question they said was, was that we know that Jesus did not seek security and comfort and suffered on the cross, but did he also experience real joy and happiness here on earth? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think, we'll talk about that a little bit this week in terms of the, the golden rule, treat others as you want to be treated. So when Jesus is calling us to this life and serving people, what he is realizing is that is where true joy and satisfaction come from. So there are moments of grief and sorrow for him, but there are moments of great joy. We know this. I mean, he's having these feasts and he's actually saying, no, why in the world would you go mourn or fast right now? Right now it's here. Let's celebrate. So we see moments of real celebration with Jesus. In fact, I would say he probably was the most fully alive person to ever live. (laughs) So you want to go, okay. 
if I'm wired in a way to desire joy and peace and hope, and there's all these longings in the world, right? And I should live in a way that allows me to leverage all those things, all those things that I desire, right? Because you have real desires. And, you know, that's where C.S. Lewis says, if you find that there's nothing in this world that can satisfy you, perhaps you're meant for a different world, right? So right. we all understand we have satisfaction and desires that um that we haven't met, right? And what, what I'd argue is those are all found in God, right? And someone says it. That I mean, Chesterton says, the, the man who knocks on the door of the brothel is knocking on the door of God. He just doesn't know he's looking for God. He's just going, I'm looking for something, and it's not this. And so you go, okay, well, I've come to the conclusion now that the longing I have isn't being fulfilled in money, time, sex, whatever it is. If it's not being fulfilled in there, where could it be fulfilled? And that's where you go, well, if you're designed for something and the way you're operating isn't how you were designed to operate, then how were you designed? And the only... Yeah. I mean, we, we get this in any kind of thing. Like, okay, if my oven's not working, my microwave's not working, what do you do next? Well, you go to the manual and read, okay, how did the designer design yeah. this thing, right? And so if we think about it intuitively that way, there is a designer, God, and he designed us, and he designed us to have satisfaction and fulfillment, or he wouldn't have given us those longings, right? Those are God-given given longings. And we find things to escape from or numb ourselves, but they're God-given longings. So you go, how in the world do I experience all those longings where you go, okay, well, I got to go back to the designer and figure out how he operated. And you go, well, I don't really know how he operated. Well, yeah, yeah, you do. And the reason you do is because not only did he design us and tell us we are humanity made in his image, but then when we messed it all up, he actually sent the son of man to operate in the way that we were supposed to operate. And so literally the way that we are designed to live and function and find joy is the way that Jesus lived and uh, you know, f functioned and found joy. And so we go to Jesus and go, he is the perfect archetype of how joy and satisfaction come. Yeah. So yes, Jesus did live with joy and satisfaction. And what he is showing us is he, you can have joy and satisfaction and happiness regardless of the circumstances out there when you have this experience with the designer, the God of the universe in here, right? And so yes, absolutely. And he's a model. So the yeah. crazy thing is you really, really want a good life. And it's hard for us to believe this. It's hard for me to believe this. Then the best way to experience all the joy and pleasure that this world has to offer, or that God has to offer, right? Is by following what Jesus did. Yeah. Jesus found more joy and satisfaction than we will ever find. Hmm on this planet because he did it perfectly so yes absolutely absolutely he did yeah so as we kind of jump back in into my notes thanks for answering those and thank you for sending questions yeah, question. again please we love questions so don't ever be afraid to send those into us so one of the other things that you did this week is you kind of brought us behind the the scenes of uh kind of the process that you go through for yeah. sermon so i didn't know if there's anything there that you wanted to talk about um as to either why you brought it up this week or just even just in general but one of the, the, I guess, the four things that you said that you're always kind of wrestling with within a message or a, kind of a communication is, uh, what does God want to say? Why does he want to say it? What did, does God want us to do in light of this? And why does he want us to do that? So I didn't know if there was anything more that you wanted to talk about kind of in that section before we jump specifically into, oh, and I guess I'll add this. You also talked about the tension, resolve, and vision. Yeah. So the tension, you're creating a problem. The resolve is you're answering that problem, pointing to the answer. And then the vision, this is what life would look like yeah. if we were to do this or to follow what God has for us. So didn't know if there's anything more that you wanted to bring up or talk about in that. Yeah, lots I could talk about okay. there. One is, you know, the whole idea is in order to get there, you have to leave here. And yeah. the question is, well, where is there? Well, it's the kingdom of heaven. It's, yeah. it's this place where all your joy and satisfaction is 
found. And so the question then is, well, how do you get to the kingdom of heaven? We got to leave here to get there. But the problem is that the place that you want to go requires you to leave where you want to stay. And so it does get a little complicated. So you go, kingdom of heaven, that's actually what I'm longing for. If I don't know it, that's where I want to get you. And you go, well, how do you get there? And it's kind of just two pieces that you need, clarity yeah. and courage, right? And so that's just, those are the two pieces that are required. By the way, you see it throughout the scriptures, the Moses, Joshua, with Abraham. There's clarity, go to the place I'll show you. And then there's courage to actually do it. So when we ask these questions, if that's what it looks like to live in the kingdom of God, you got to have clarity, you have to have courage. That would make sense. Those would be the questions you'd yeah. be asking. God, what is it you want to say? What's the clarity? And the reason I wanted to walk through this is at first glance, it goes, well, is it, are you sure this is what this is saying? Right? Because it it's hard to wrestle with the words and go, well, no, are you sure it's not just you're supposed to be poor? You're supposed to seek pain. Well, no, no, that's you sort through this and go, okay, in light of your scripture, this scripture, God, all the scriptures, right? This biblical theology and the systematic theology, as we look at everything in the world, in light of all those things, based on this passage, what is it you want to say? And that's why I appreciate pastors think you should sit before Bible teaching, not just because they understand the words there, but because they understand that these words are part of 66 books of words all telling one story about how we were created, how we messed it up, how Jesus comes and redeems us and then allows us to participate in it until one day everything is made perfect, right? Yeah. And so you have to view all this stuff. So what I wanted to just help you understand is, man, there's there's a lot that goes into going, how do we discern God's word in light of these scriptures, in light of the full counsel of the scriptures and doctrine? How do, how do we determine these things? And one of the things that I think uh, uh, about our culture that's misrepresented and misunderstood is that, I mean, it's my fault. I, I joke about all the time this, we're ready, shoot, aim. This idea yeah. that because of the pace by which we move, it it's erratic and there's no real process or thought process or no real discernment that goes into it. So huh, it makes sense as we start a new year and we really wrestle through some tough scriptures. I just go, here's how that process happens. Yeah, here's, right. here's what the week looks like or the weeks look like as we kind of go through it and go, okay, here is how we determine reading the scriptures, what it is God say, right? Yeah. God's word is not ours. And so that's the clarity piece. Now, the problem is, is all that's for naught if we don't actually follow it. Yeah. Right? And so at some point, we actually have to do these things. So what does that require of us, right? And so that would be the, what does he want us to do? That's the courage piece. What is it that God's actually calling all of us to do to leave here go there so that makes sense that those would be the things that we focus on each week is okay what's what's god trying to say and what is he calling us to do right the whole idea of the scriptures the whole idea of discipleship the whole idea of leadership by the way christian leadership is to hear from god do what he says so yeah. okay what is it that god wants us to hear then what does he wants us to do and then it's going well just because he's given us he's going to tell us what he wants us to hear what he wants to do how do we help people actually understand that yeah. right and so that's where Okay, it makes sense that every single week that God would be speaking into what's going on in life. This is really helpful because I tell you the Bible's timeless and timely, mm -hmm. meaning who he wrote it to in that moment, those first century Christians, our first century people that were feeling the pain of a broken kingdom, right, where insurrection was real and pain was real and poverty was real. They were longing for something. Jesus was able to speak in a, in, in a timely manner right there to mm -hmm. him. And yet... Jesus knew when these words were written, knew as he helped Luke pin them, that they would be just as valuable to us 2,000 years later. So if they're timely, they're timely. That means they're actually getting to a problem that's really in our world. So let's figure out what that problem is and let's talk about that in a way that it actually matters for you and your family and all those kind of things. And so, so I think it's really important that we acknowledge that our world is broken. And many pastors are really good at that, right? They get the bullhorn and they really, really talk about what's wrong. Everything's wrong. What's wrong? But that's just really deflating mm. because 
The whole point of pain is not so you'll live in pain, but it's, the whole point of pain is that you'll go, there's something wrong and you'll look for a solution yeah. to that pain. And so the reality is we have to figure out the solution. God says his Bible, his word is a lamp into our feet, light into our path. So there's something throughout the scriptures, Old Testament, New Testament, that when God's word is spoken, it's not just that you understand something, it comes with the power to do something about it. So this is so crazy that the Bible actually does have real resolve. And that it can it can enlighten us to what's going on, and then it can speak yeah. that courage and that hope into us. It's actually written in my notes. I didn't even talk about it because I mean it comes up, and it's a cute little pithy statement that literally we believe in the Old Testament, New Testament. There's 365 times where it says fear not, right, right. fear not. So it's like you know, there's literally one for every day that he goes, no, you can have courage, you can do it. Like the, yeah. the words are spoken into us. Do not let the, your hearts be troubled. Believe in me, right? Like yeah. in this world you have trouble, but take heart, right? And so there's just this resolve that I'm point us to, and then, then, then we know this. Not at least I'd argue that vision, this idea that there's a better solution, creates some passion in yeah. us and that passion hopefully creates some discipline you can see it with weight loss if you can get a real picture of what what you're supposed to look like and you get excited about that bathing suit or those shorts or that <laughs> vest or whatever it is then all of a sudden you go i want to do something about it vision picture of yeah. a preferred future leads to some passion but we know passion isn't what gets it it's actually some discipline going yeah. here's the systems here's my alarm clock here's the food i want to eat right there's just this Thing. So we know that really the way by which stuff happens isn't through shame or guilt. It's through getting a better picture of the way things should be. Mm -hmm. By the way, that's actually how you should communicate to your teenagers about staying pure and not having sex. Yeah. Not you're right. going to get chlamydia, right? Sorry, over there, right? Mom, what's chlamydia? I know. Yeah. Sorry. Don't listening do that or you're going to you know, have a miserable life. It's yeah. like, oh, no, 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 no. There is this beautiful picture yeah. of what God has for you. It's right. so good. And so it actually should be vision. Right. You know, Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there's no re revelation, people cast off restraint, right. but blessed right. is he who keeps the law. So it's going, okay, how do we help our families get a picture of this preferred future for them, for our church? Our community and our world, and yeah. so to me, that's just how the material sets up. Yeah, usually, please, honestly, out. it's usually been about 20 minutes in each section. Okay, or maybe it's like it's usually like 20, 30, 10, or something like yeah. that. So I'm trying to get better now. Well, one of the things that, as you were just yeah. talking now, you said you know, you started off by saying we need clarity and courage, yeah, and then you said, as leaders, and I feel like yeah. this is just believers yeah. as, as general, we need to hear from God, which is clarity. Yeah. And then do what he says, which is courage. I felt like it was, there were synonyms that yeah. I didn't That's catch it. until yeah. just now. I'm going, man, they're the same exact thing. Exactly what they are. As leaders and followers. And here's the thing, and we got to this. Yeah. The more clarity you have, the less courage you need. Right. 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 Like, when, that's why pain is so beautiful. It's like, I got right. some clarity. I don't want to stay here anymore. That's why Dave Ramsey says, people only change yeah. when the pain of the same is greater than the pain of the change. People only change. That's why we can't be codependent and that we can't be enablers. Right. Because they finally come to the conclusion that I can't sit here any longer. Right. right? So people only change at that point. So you get clarity. The more clarity you have, right. the less courage you need. And so, because clarity builds confidence. Yeah. It just does. And with confidence, courage just gets easier. And so you'll see some people, like I'm bent more towards the application piece. Okay. But it's because I've done it over and over again and yeah. saw God come through, right? Yeah. So the, there's this clarity for me that God's word is true. And yeah. I've never regretted doing what it says. So if I open it up and read what it says, it goes, wait, I have lots of clarity here. I've yeah. never regretted doing this. Why would I regret it this time? Yeah. Right? So. And even, uh, I forget, it's I think it was Henry Cloud in one of the books that he wrote or as as listening to it uh via podcast or whatever a long time ago um but just even within raising children right like the if there's a kind of an effect that yeah. they're much more likely to yeah. want to change behavior because it's not just because i said so but because of the effect yeah. of that when they understand the effect mm -hmm. it's just a lot more effective yes yeah, so i so. believe it 
oh, now yeah. I feel it. Yeah. Right. And so now I really, right. yep. And I, I can say as uh, having an 11 year old foster daughter, man, that cause and effect in our house is yeah. something that if it's not for that, I don't think there is it's any clarity. change, but it's, yeah. it's clarity. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the visual that you use because I thought it was a great visual kind of talking about, you know, the struggle, the the difficulty we're in is, is a doorway to get from yeah. here to there. And, and there specifically is not in this series. We're not going to be talking about, okay, you're there is this to give to the church or to, you know, do this or yeah. to read 20 hours a, a day in your Bible. And like, we're not painting the yeah. there picture, but that, that there represents the kingdom of God as a whole. Yeah. Right? So I'm going to mess up even more this week because the big idea is going, by the way, the kingdom of heaven is not a location you get to, but a person you belong to. Yeah. It's like, whoa, you said there. <laughs> it's like, yeah, there is not like a, just the address. Yeah. Like, right. So anyway, this will be more complicated, but it, it'll work out for you. I promise. So I just yeah. felt like that visual was so good of, of understanding the here to there. And especially as you, you're talking about the conflict, right? Like the pain of change yeah. or the yeah. pain of, of moving through like that doorway, I just thought was a, yeah. a really great visual. At least for me, I'm a, I love seeing visuals and it just, for, for me, it helps me understand, okay, how do I get from where, where I am to where God wants me to be or from what I feel like I, the place I am to what God is calling me to be. How do I walk through that doorway? And that was kind of one of your biggest points is that we as Christians shouldn't hate the doorway. That's right. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so uh, I, anything more that you wanted yeah, to so say? The thing in that? there is, I mean, we all, it's it's a relief for all of us when we find the right words, yeah. right? And then you communicate the right words, right? Some of you, you've been in a frustrating place or a painful place and you could probably share what's going on, but you just know the floodgates are going to happen. Yeah. But when you get to the point where you have the right words and can communicate those to someone else, there's just some real neat stuff that happens. Yeah. And so kind of what I wanted to have happen here is I just wanted to give us the right words for the season, right? And so the, the right words, the right vantage point isn't pain's terrible. I hate pain. Boy, it stinks. Yeah, all that's true. The, but the, the right vantage point, the right words are, no, no, pain is just a doorway, right? Pain yeah. is literally, our sorrow is the is the in-between the here and the there. Yeah. That's all it is, right? And so you even see this with Abraham. You know, there's a promise uh, that he makes. That's the beginning. And then there is a payoff. But there is this process in the middle yeah. that he's growing. And it's going, I just need you to see that pain and sorrow and confusion and, you know, poverty, whatever those things are. They're not, they are they're just a temporary part of this, right? And so they're just they're just a chapter. They, yeah. There's a chapter. And, you know, in the middle of the chapter, you don't feel like it's a chapter. And I get that. But if someone else were in the same shoes you were in, but you're in a good spot and you're looking at it, you, can go, you could see it for them that it's just a chapter. And so we can think about that. And so it's like, let's just get the right words around grief and death and sorrow. It just, in those moments, you have, you have the clarity to go, where I was isn't someplace I want to go back to. Yeah. Right. So the doorway is just a decision of which way you want to live. Yeah. Do you want to live the rest of your life trying to avoid that same pain again? Do you want to live the rest of your life trying to make sure that never happens again? Mm -hmm. Or do you want to live the rest of your life going, now I have clarity that I am not really in control. Yeah. Now I have clarity that I really cannot put, I don't have security in myself. Now I have clarity. I didn't need all those things. One of the things yeah. about this year is for many of us, you had all these goals, but what you kind of, what you kind of concluded by the end of the year was, I'm just really glad for the things I still have. Yeah. In other words, all the stuff you lost wasn't that big of a deal in light of the stuff that you still have. And so it's just a doorway. It's just a doorway. And so pain, sorrow, mm. poverty, there are just a doorway to the blessings that Jesus is going to provide us. And I think where I started finally realizing this been a decade ago now, it was in Eugene Peterson's version of um, the Sermon on the Mount. Okay. And he says in one of them, I think, 
Don't hold me to it. Maybe it's in this version of Luke 6, or maybe it's not him at all, but I'm, I'm attributed to it. He said, blessed are those of you who are at the end of your rope. Yeah, I remember hearing that. Because when you're at the end of your rope, you're going, I got nothing else, yeah. right? And so you think about it. If there's this kingdom that God wants you to live in and experience, the only way you're going to do it is if you've come to the conclusion that nothing else is yeah. there. Right. So let's say um, you have... A hundred fortune cookies, and you're looking for you. Someone told you in those hundred fortune cookies, one set has the right lottery tickets, right? And you're like, so you're going through, and you have to use them all and use them all, right? So who's in a closer place to experiencing that? The person with a hundred fortune cookies, or the one with one? Yeah. And so what Jesus is saying is, blessed are you who just has one left. Yeah. Because you're about to tap into that thing, and you've already sorted through it, come to conclusions that none of the other ninety nine options were the thing that you were looking for. Yeah. So when you think about it that way, it's like, oh. Pain just finally got us to the point where we are almost through the doorway. Yeah. Instead of way back here in this place that's a you know that's a lie or that's deceptive that we think everything's okay until the day that it's not okay. And many of you have experienced that this year. Thought everything was okay. Your four hundred one k was okay. Okay. Your health was okay until it wasn't. And now right. you're in this spot. Right. Jesus going. That's where you're gonna find happiness because you're now gonna find it in the only place that you can actually attain it from. So. Yeah. And, and so in that, what you did was you basically set up, there's two camps and kind of looking at the text, you have the blessings side yeah. and then the woes. And that's exactly what you just said. Like you just explained it again, is that in the blessing side is they have one fortune cookie yeah. and in the woes side, they have a hundred fortune cookies and they're looking for the one. So, yes, so what you talked about specifically, and, and I don't know where, like, I feel like I want you to dictate yeah. the pace of what we talk about. And if there's anything more, but the security, comfort, and identity, that's really, as Jesus talks about those blessings, and maybe we should just read it. It's 20, starting in 20. 20 yeah. um, he said, blessed are you who are poor for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry, uh, who hunger now. And sorry, this is an NIV uh, for you will be satisfied. I think satisfied. that's what was on the screen this week anyway. So Actually, I think you're right. Um, blessed are those who are hungry. You will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now. For you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, they insult you, they reject your name as evil because the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day. Leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven. And that is how their ancestors treated you. Because you finally got to the last fortune cookie. Yeah. You're finally there. You were in the doorway. You should celebrate, right? And so it's really neat because what he's really hitting at is so it's like, wow, this has been the same. Yeah. Yeah, for generations, we long for the same thing. This yeah, one is absolutely. security, right? And so... That word poor means out of options. This is what it means. And here's what's crazy. You and I, we like our options. Yeah, that is sure. our little G-God options. That's why I took shots at your closet. Should take it in mine too. And it's so interesting because I have all these clothes in the closet. But I literally wear the same 10 things. I, over I feel and over the same way. What is wrong? Man, I, I could probably get closet, rid of I just everything. feel shame about it. But I like my options. You know, so you got that piece. And so it really is that. It's we want a plan. Yeah. We want a backup plan. We want a backup plan to the backup plan. And Jesus is going, as long as you're going to continue to lean on those things, you're going to fall. It's just going to be a slow fall. Yeah. So you're going to keep falling down, keep falling down until finally the last thing that you're leaning on is done. And you're just flat on your back, right? Yeah. And so he's just saying, blessed are you that are flat on your back. Because yeah. you can finally look up. Yeah. It's really just that simple. And so he's going, this, this idea, this false security. So he's hitting on people go, you have no options. Poor means desolate. You are, you're out of options. So he's yeah. going, guess what? You are in the right spot because you have more clarity because you know those things can't be the things. Whether it's because you never had the choice of those being the things, like people in third world countries, or because yeah. you used up all those things. Either way, you end up in the same spot. Some of you got there quicker than others. But blessed are you. And so he's going to talk about 
Yeah. Security, but that's not our only God. Our only God isn't that. Uh, the big God for us is yeah, for sure. comfort, right? Mm-hmm. So when he says, blessed are you that are hungry, that is not, that's not just about poverty, right? Hunger, uh, poorness is going, I don't have food. Hungry is, I feel the effects of that. Yeah. So he's going, blessed are you that are, like that your stomach genuinely hurts. And honestly, I, I lecture my kids on this all the time. They'll use words like, I'm starving, right? And I understand they're silly and, you know, unaware. And just like I am, I've never really been starving. I've been hungry, I guess. And I've been hangry and all those things. But like, yeah. I've, I've never experienced that depth of yeah. pain right. with no other solution. And so right. it's so crazy that he's going, those of you in that depth of pain, blessed are you. Yeah. Because it's in those moments that you can finally come to the conclusion that nothing's going to satisfy what it is you're longing for. So that pain is telling you something's wrong. Yeah. So either you can live in that or you can go, something's wrong. More than likely, that means there's something that's right as yeah. well. And none of this is right. So how do I finally look up? So he's going to mm-hmm. hit at that, the, the piece of comfort, which is, I told you, our goal in life is to arrive safely at death, which is so broken. And none of us likes those words or use those words. When we look at our life, look at our family, it's kind of extended as long as we can arrive comfortably there as long in the future as possible and the word comfort literally what we're saying is we don't want to have to depend on anyone or anybody for how we feel yeah which is the opposite of the gospel and so he's going to bless you that finally come to the conclusion there's nothing you can do to fix this this, yeah. this discomfort and then the third one really the other one i think is big for us is value and you know like we're not talking about sin every time we sin it's has a lot to do with value. Yeah. Either we don't trust God, we don't we don't trust God with our value, right? So why do you why do you lie about your weight? Why is that, right? Because you don't trust that God esteems your value. So if you're ten pounds lighter, you're more valuable. Why do you lie about like why do you over aggrandize your basketball stories, right? Like I did that for so long. I talked about yeah, I played in college, which was true, and uh, you know I tore my ankle, which is true, and so I had to go and couldn't play anymore. No, I didn't want to be there anymore. That's the honest truth. And that, you know, I realized how much I missed it, went to a different place. But the reality is the reason I left the first place is because I didn't want to be there. Not because something happened to me, but for some yeah. reason in my identity, I couldn't say that. And it's like, so there's just something about this. And the problem with that is that's exhausting. Because yeah. if I'm always focused on my identity and my reputation, that means I'm always dependent on me and other people yeah. to, to meet that need. And so he's going, blessed are you that have been slandered. Blessed are you that have been lied about because you've come to the conclusion that they don't determine your value anyway. Yeah. And so there's just this relief that you have to perform for others. And there's relief that you have to perform for yourself. So Jesus is going, these are all about, you check in the checklist and the box is going, nope, that didn't work. That didn't work. That didn't work. And finally get to the bottom where there is no more options except for a blank space. And you go either, either there is no hope or maybe, maybe the option is I lean in that I walk through the doorway and I go and say, maybe there's something better on this side. Yeah. So I feel like as I'm, I'm thinking through this, I'm, I feel like I have a question that I hope is not too too similar to what's already been asked. Um, but I feel like the question for me becomes, how do, how do you know and discern, how do you have specifically God's clarity in a situation where you're not feeling secure, you're not feeling comfortable? Again, if we're not supposed to necessarily pursue those things, okay. but I guess what do you do if you don't feel those things, but also you're trying to seek God's God's will for clarity and you're not quite sure what his his word or what his will is. Yeah. So like, are those ever, I guess a, I don't know. I don't know if this is the right word, but is, is that ever a measure for determining what God would have for you? So there's two different pieces you got. So one, we're, we're just, we got to figure out the clarity piece and the other is the courage piece here from yeah. God, do what he says. 
And so some of this is uh, trying to figure out what is he's calling us to do. Like yeah. so much of this, how do we know what he's supposed to do? But one thing we have to kind of carve out of that is going, as I'm trying to discern that, is that because I still think my value is in the performance of mm. doing those things. So I think I would start with, oh, that's painful. Oh, I'm out of options, whatever that is. And then I'd ask the question, why do I feel this? Yeah. Right? Like someone dies. Well, why do I feel this? Like, why do I, why do I feel so much pain about this? Okay. Let me sort through that. Well, the reason I feel so much pain is I don't think people should die. Yeah. Like I don't, I miss that person. I wanted that person to be with me forever. I thought that that could be, there's just this missing piece of that. And so you go, okay, there's some things I could probably learn in that. I'm sure that's one of my kids, not Christian there. So <laughs> I got people running through the balcony. Um, so when I think about that, I go, well, okay, then let me figure out the solution to this pain. Okay. Mm-hmm. If, if there's, there's this longing for something that's eternal, okay, well, where do I find something that's eternal because it's not in my guinea pig? Yeah. Right? Okay, then let, let me go trace that time as far as I can and go, okay, well, maybe what I'm longing for here is something that I can't achieve on my own. And then, then that's where you have to go to the conclusion of either there is no hope. Yeah. Or... Maybe this hope is found in something different than what I thought it was. And so what what pain should do should lead us to the the question of why do I feel this discomfort or hurt or pain and then go, based on that hurt and discomfort and pain, what is the solution to that hurt and discomfort Mm -hmm. and pain? Which should, in many ways, point us to Jesus. And and then you go, well, how did Jesus determine how he was going to solve this pain, right? So first one is going, okay, Jesus, well, what's his solution to this pain? Well, it's more than pray the prayer right it's more than that it's going seek him go hear his word so there's something about reading his word and allowing to overflow into you like speak that power to you there's actually some hope in that so you go well it's more than just you know praying a prayer it's going if if jesus is the solution for my lack of comfort then i need to pursue him Hmm. for that and as you read the scriptures you're gonna learn that he also built some other things to kind of redeem the brokenness of this world right he first created marriage then he created family and then everything went messy there's nations that were messy and jesus came up with a solution to solve that and guess what his solution was his body and his body, not as in like his his body, but like this church body that he created. And so what this should do is we come to the conclusion that something's wrong. It should cause us to look for his body and look for some comfort. So I'd go, if that's where you are in the doorway and you're going, what do I do next? It's going, well, I'd seek his word. Hmm. And then I'd seek his people. And I, I promise you, it's going to sound arrogant and uh, reductionistic, but I promise you that if you are feeling deep pain and sorrow, right now and have felt that for a while it's not just that you have to pray more because his solution for that is actually community i promise you i yeah. promise you that the best way to walk into the kingdom is to go and experience your brothers and sisters yeah. also in the kingdom that there is community that he's built for you so as you start going i can't be that way anymore i can't do this by myself so what do you do will you go and look to where he told you there'd be a solution which is his people yeah. So not that they're perfect, but the solution to so much of the problem in our world is that you look to his body. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if we go, we can point fingers at the politics, go, well, that's not going to fix it. You're right. So what's going to fix it? Mm-hmm. Jesus is. Well, how is Jesus going to fix it? The only way he promised that he would, which is through his body. And so there's something about you needing to go and cling to his body in the best way that you know how. So that's the first one. The second thing is, okay, beyond that, well, how do I know my specific role in this? And this is what I love so much about. Uh, the Sermon on the Mount. So this is one where he just gives us a few 
But the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, this is another one. This Sermon on the Plains, where it's kind of the longer. This is the kind of the bridge version, the longer yeah. version. One of the things he says in there, and I point people to this all the time. And one of the things he says is, blessed are the pure in heart. Yeah. For they'll see God. The reason I find so much comfort in this is once I get to the place of the doorway and go, God, I just want to be with you. God, I just want to have courage to, to experience you and participate in your kingdom. The minute your heart gets there, what Jesus is saying is you're going to be blessed. Mm. That you're going to find happiness. And I'd go, I would, I would try that out. Not that you're going to know exactly what to do. But based on that yeah. passage, it doesn't matter if you know exactly what to do. It only matters whether or not you have a pure heart. And then go, blessed are the successful. Yeah. Blessed are those who hear right. Blessed right. are those who are discerning. It just yeah. says, blessed right. are the pure in heart. So I'm going, mm. just in that scripture, you just go, okay, God, I just really, really trust you. And I'm just going to take this next right step. I'm going to walk across the street. I'm going to go to that small group. I'm going to sign up to, to serve. I'm going to send that text asking for prayer. I'm going to do those things because I think that might be what it is. And if you do it with a pure heart, I promise you, either the scriptures are a lie, which if so, we're all in trouble, yeah. or if they're true, he's going, you will find happiness and blessing just from the purity of heart. Yeah. So that's clarity. This is not it. And some courage is, okay, I'm going to have a pure heart and even go, God, I could just mess this up. But my only goal is to obey you. Yeah. And according to the scriptures, you're going to experience that. So for most of you, the only answer you need is... God, am I just trying to please you and hear from you and do what you say? Hmm. You're there. Blessing is right around the corner. You yeah. just got to take one more step. Yeah, so. that's good. As we get into kind of the woes, so we talked about, yeah, you yeah. know, the, the two camps that we have. Basically, you've got the blessings and then you've got the woes. Um, and we've kind of already talked about it because it's it's kind of a comparing yeah. and a contrast. So we've already on some level walked through that. Is there anything else that you wanted to add to that? Like, whoa, because basically... They've received and they can't really receive from God because they're they're really not looking to him, right? So. Yes, I think the big one, and I think it's actually what even helped shape the question you just asked, is the big one is really that uh, verse 1 in 24. It says, woe to you who are rich. That means yeah. woe to you with options. Yeah. So woe to you who have lots of fortune cookies, right? Yeah. Woe to you there. And this is what it says. Woe to you rich, for you have received your yeah. consolation. Guys, this is much more specific then we give it credit for. And I shared this on Sunday. That word consolation is the Greek word parakoklesis, right? Which literally is the word comforter. This is where Jesus tells us in John 14 and 15 that he's going to go be the father, but it's okay because he's going to give you another, the, another one the same as himself. And that's where he's referring to the Holy Spirit as the comforter, right? Mm. And so when I tell you it's okay, you're going to be in pain when you go, well, why am I in pain? What's the solution to that pain? Oh, it's Jesus. I should have seen Jesus. You're really skeptical. So you're like, really? I just pray some prayers. No, you don't just pray some prayers. Really? I just read the scriptures. No, you don't read, read just the scriptures. What happens as you pursue Jesus, according to what he promises in John 14, when those folks are freaking out, right? He's going, you're, you don't have to be troubled in this. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. And then he gets to a place where he talks about turning in my father's house. There'll be many blessings. Uh, there'll be a room for you because where I am, I want you to be also. But then he goes, and it's good that I'm going because you're going to get some comfort. So he's going, I'm going to be with you. So blessed are those who have no options because he's going to be with them. He's going to bring comfort. But blessed are you, who, uh, woe to you who have options because you're never, ever going to seek that comfort, right? Many of you are going, no, I don't really know. There's got to be a better way than to go pray and go be a part of a church, right? You think I'm foolish. And you would never, like, you, it just sounds foolish. But he's going, yeah, see, you've already gotten your consolation. And your consolation mm -hmm. is your bank account. And your consolation yeah. is your intellect. Your consolation is your house. Your consolation is your car. Your consolation is your job. Like it's just, he's going, when you seek something else for comfort, that's going to be all the comfort you have. And here's the messy part. The longer you live and the more you experience pain, the more you realize those things can't comfort you. 
right? And so he's just going, woe to you who have options. Because as long as you have options, you're going to seek those as your consolation. And when you seek them as your consolation, that's going to be your consolation. Literally, it's your consolation for us. Right? You're never going to get to experience what it is. So he's going, yeah, there's some people, they have some money, and you're going to be a stubble. But that's it. That's all they're ever going to have. And so kind of the big understanding of all this, right? For those of us who are kingdom-minded, live in this kingdom, follow him, this is the worst thing we'll ever experience in our life. This earth is hell on earth first. This is by far the worst thing you'll ever experience. Those of us who don't live in that kingdom, those of us who walk into the kingdom of this earth or your own kingdom, this is as good as it will ever get. So he's going, so weird. Same exact scenario. This is as good as it gets because God's gracious and he gives good gifts yeah. to everyone. Like there, there's common grace in that. This is as good as it gets. For, for me and you, this 2020, 2021, 2025, it's as bad as it's ever going to get because there is a yeah. there is a comforter and there is a kingdom that's available to you. So yeah. literally the same thing. So he's going, woe to you because this is it for you. This is it. Hmm. This is it. And so I think it's just, it's really important. That's the piece I'd kind of highlight is the fact that he uses the word consolation. Yeah. That that's your comfort. And then is going to tell these same folks, you know, two years later, I'm going to be your comfort. Yeah. You know, you don't need those options because I'm going to be your comfort. Yeah. So you're in the doorway and you either you can go back that way and go, I'm going to go find some more consolation or you can go that way and go, I'm going to go find my comforter. And you had said uh, in this, as you're talking about kind of in order to get to there, we have to leave here. Yeah. Um, and there's a discomfort in that, but you had said that there's two ways that you could either Go, you can go back or you can go forward and you can either love it or you can lose it. Yeah, so here's the thing, like uh, uh, just pragmatically. Yeah. Either way, you're going to lose it. Yeah. So you're just going to lose it because you'll die, right? right. You're going to lose it because that phone that you have now will go on the ground. You're going to lose it because someone else is going to have that job one day. Right. You're going to lose it because you're no longer going to be able to parent your kids because you're not going to be able to be their mother or father because you'll be dead or they'll be dead, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I hate to be like so drab about it but at some point you're going to lose it so what's your best option if you're going to lose it anyway well then leave it and i don't mean leave it as like walk away from money walk away from your family no 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 what i mean yeah, is right. there's just a different level of love i've been i've been really intrigued by saint augustine he wrote this this idea of reordering your loves he talks all okay. of life is reordering your loves and so what i just would implore to you as you're in that doorway is instead of going back to that thing i would just say because honestly it's unfair if you're going to keep running back to your spouse to be the one to be your comfort they're not your God, and it's mm -hmm. not fair to them. If you're going to run to your kids, they are not your God, and mm -hmm. it's not fair to them, right? And so eventually, they're going to you're going to lose it, or they're going to leave it because they're just going to be exhausted, right? There are people mm -hmm. that that you don't answer their phone calls anymore because you're exhausted, right? And so that's just the reality of this thing. And so instead of running back in that way, I just would say, could you love it just a little bit less mm -hmm. so that Jesus could be the one you love a little bit more, right? Because it's not like, woe is you, you can't have good things. God is a good father. He gives yeah. bikes because he wants you to ride them. But what we're seeing here is he's going, but you can't make that the, the the most important thing. It can't be the most important thing in your life. Could you love it just a little bit less and love Jesus a little bit more? So if you can love it just a little bit less, you actually will love it better, love it longer, and experience it forever, right? And so that's the piece of how do we reorder this to go, I love the kingdom. I love God's kingdom. I love Jesus the most. And that's where I think this is what's really important because as Jesus is saying the same kind of same kind of talk in Matthew chapter 6, he then says, don't worry about these things. Don't be split-minded. Yeah. Don't love this, love that. Try to get it all. He goes, you don't have to try to keep it all. Don't try to keep it all because if you try to keep it all, you're going to lose it all, right? So instead, walk away and instead seek first the kingdom of God. That word first literally means 
that upon which everything else hinges, mm. right? So it's like a door hinge. The door moves and closes and opens and goes to the right spot because of the hinges, right? Mm. And so it means that upon which everything else hinges. So he's going, if you seek first, if you walk into the kingdom, walk out of the doorway, what he actually does is he says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things, they're going to be added unto you, but you're going to love them a little less because you're going to love Jesus a little bit more. And so mm. now these things are going to be reordered in a way that they're not your God, they're not your sense of security or comfort. All of you get to walk and go, God is our God. It is his kingdom and he's our sense of comfort and joy. And then you get to enjoy it with him and them forever. Yeah. So you get everything. You get everything by just loving it just a little bit less. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's all that I have in my notes. Was there anything that you didn't get to or that you wanted to kind of yeah. bring up for today? Yeah, well, let me say that I had this really pithy statement, so I'll share it with you for those who are saying. The actual pithy statement was, can you love them enough not to love them the most? Mm. That was the pithy statement. So could you love, maybe mm. I said it on Sunday, I don't know. Can you love them enough not to love them the most, mm. right? Because we walk to the door and go, Jesus is his kingdom. And so pain and strife, mm. they reveal that seeking other things just can't satisfy. So, yeah, right. so anyway, that's where I just would go, hey, again, I told you. That uh, this is a series, which means one week it's going to solve it. Right, so, right. okay, I'm ready to live in the kingdom. I'm ready to walk into there. Where is there? Right? The kingdom of heaven. I'm ready to walk in there. I go, oh, so good. Because Jesus sets it up in primes. It goes, blessed are you who get to encounter the kingdom. So now he's going to tell us what the kingdom looks like. And so we'll get to do that this week. And yeah. it is, at first glance, not what you want it to be. Yeah. It's not what you want it to be. And so it's really neat to go, if this is true, it's so weird because it's not what I want it to be. So I'm like, oh, what a perfect chance. You don't think this is actually how you enjoy life. And so it's really a pretty good little litmus test. Go, well, let's try it. And so this week we're going to get some clarity about what it looks like to live in the kingdom. And then I'm going to call us some courageous moments to do that. And so please, please, please show back up this week. It'll definitely be worth your time. It's going to take us through all four weeks to really get a good understanding of what it looks like to have a happy life in the middle of it. You know, yeah, messy world. So that's it. Yeah. So we'd love for you to join us on Sundays. Basically online, we have a nine o'clock, we have a 1045, and then we have a 5 p.m. service. So join us online for any of those. If you want to in person, we have a nine o'clock service that you can meet inside our building, socially distant, requiring masks. But also at nine o'clock, we also have a drive-in option that we'd love for you to be a part of. So uh, if you don't have a church or you're looking to just kind of be a part of it, we'd love for you to either tune in, to show up, um, and to be a part of what God is doing and as we continue this series. So we just want to say thank you again for being a part of this. We really hope and pray that this challenges and encourages you in your spiritual growth and that if you have any questions, we'd love for you to send them our way. So over time at clcfamily.church, uh, you can email us or again, text us 610-869-2140. I forgot the number there for a second. So thanks for joining us. Have a great week and we hope to see you this weekend.